Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Swiss Ballers Pod. I'm Fabo and for once I'm only joined by one absolute baller, though he is back home in Zurich. Armin, my friend, how are you doing? Good, good. It's good to be back in Zurich and uh, looking forward now to the to the season. Yeah, this is where it starts. Toto is still abroad. He's currently enjoying the Mexican sun. Uh, so it's just the two of us and we're excited to be back for the new football season. We'll do a prem preview and a predictor. We'll discuss the ins and outs and we'll basically put our neck on the line and put names to rankings in the league for this next season. First, though, as always, Armin, what are you most excited about for the new season? Good question. Um, I'm really excited about... Of course, myself playing because we got promoted, and I'm excited for the for the new, the the new and the better league. But uh, in football terms, professional football, I would say, I think Champions League, Arsenal. Really excited to be back. I, th- I thought you might say that Champions League nights back at the Emirates. That's got to be nice. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Before we start, I will do a quick one-minute roundup of goings-on in the footy worst. This is due to popular demand, just to keep people up to date on goings-on in the world of football. So here we go. The Women's World Cup, currently FIFA's biggest competition played, is down to the quarterfinals, and they are going to be played this early Friday and Saturday morning, European time. The US, Canada, Germany, Brazil and Norway have all been knocked out. These are all relatively big names in women's football. And now only Japan remain as a team who have won the World Cup before. Favourites England meet Colombia in the quarterfinals as the highlights and the highlight will be Spain versus Netherlands at 3am on Friday morning. In men's football, the championship kicked off last weekend with the biggest news potentially coming off from off the pitch in that Tom Brady has taken shares at Birmingham City FC. We will discuss the randomness of this some other time. Uh, then on in Sunday's curtain raiser, known as the Community Shield, Arsenal beat Man City on penalties after the game ended 1-1 with an extra late equaliser by Fabio Vieira. Arsenal fans are more convinced than ever that this means they'll win the title and no doubt the Champions League as well, while the rest of the Premier League supporters claim it means nothing at all. Finally, FPL starts again. Keep an eye out for an FPL special pod dropping very soon. Deadline is on Friday. Uh, Friday evening, actually, so bear in mind. And last but not least, a quick roundup of Swiss ballers news. A real Embolo, Swiss striker of AS Monaco, has become an ACL buddy of mine. All the best to Braille at this point. Uh, Jan Sommer, Swiss goalkeeper, has moved from Bayern to Inter, replacing Andre Onana. And last week, Conference League semi-finalist FC Basel got knocked out by FC Tobel from Kazakhstan. Tonight... Toto's favorite team, Servet from Geneva, faced Glasgow Rangers in the third in the first leg of the third round of the Champions League qualifiers, and FC Lucerne faced Hibernians from Edinburgh in the third round of the Conference League playoffs or the Conference League qualifiers, I should say. That's the roundup of football for this week. Now you are up to date. We can get into this pod. It's a bit more than than one minute. I do apologize, but. There is a lot. There was a lot going on, and we have not been recording a pod in over a month. So uh, I think it's okay. First questions um, for you. Obviously, we were on, you were on holidays, but as I know, you've been following the transfer goings on and and everything else in detail from abroad. 
and we've had this discussion many a times off the pod. I think we, I don't think we've discussed this on the pod. But how, do you like do you root for Swiss teams that aren't FC Zurich in Europe when? Because obviously the FIFA, the UEFA coefficient is so important for the Swiss league. So it's always this conundrum of Swiss football fans having to support their rivals in Europe so that it means they will get a better qualifier around next season if they manage to qualify. Where where do you stand on this? Yeah, um, I support every every club in Switzerland apart from uh, our uh, local rivals, uh, Gaetze and uh, Basel. It's just so... It's very, very difficult for me to be like to cheer for them and to get over this hurdle. Um, but the rest of the teams I support, I mean, I, I, I'm not going crazy from the TV, but I, I do, I do wish them, wish them luck. And now, but now with Toto and he's supporting Serret, I, it's difficult for me to support them yeah. because now I have someone who, who is a Serret fan now. Uh, yeah, but no, of course, uh, um, don't tell him this, but I am happy they went through. Okay, I they they beat uh Genk from from Belgium the last week in an amazing game actually, where they went down to ten men after three minutes and then still yeah. won in penalties after somehow managing to keep the score at at two two until the hundred and twentieth minute. They are now confirmed in uh, at least one European competitions group stage, either the Europa League if they win this next round uh, and or even the Champions League, actually, if they win both their next rounds. And um, but yeah, Glasgow Rangers, a difficult draw, a difficult opponent to beat. But that means at least three Swiss teams will be representing Switzerland in Europe this season, which I think supporting Swiss football is a pretty cool achievement. I mentioned it there before. The Women's World Cup is on. Have you been watching at all? No, I have to be very honest and say no. Um, is it I because of lack I, of interest or because you've been sleeping in the mornings? I think a bit of both, to be honest. I mean, if if the games would have been like at, at the afternoon and the evening, for sure I would have would have watched some of the games. But because it's that early and I, um, we were kind of... Yeah, it's not it's not really my time. And um yeah, but to be honest, I'm not that big of a fan yet. Maybe it will come. Um but I I watched uh, on Sunday I watched America against Sweden. Um yeah, I think Sweden went through on penalties, it was zero zero. But maybe I watched the wrong game, I don't know, but in this game already it's, it's it's not really my i think if there would be a men's game on i would choose the men's game every time but i have to be honest you know i don't i, yeah. won't, I don't want to offend anyone but it's uh yeah it's okay it's, we'll we'll work on it i've been watching most of the games and i've really enjoyed this world cup i think the quality has been higher than ever and the yeah some absolute ballers uh, all all around the globe um it's hard, really hard to predict who will who will win. A lot of teams seemingly on a similar sort of level. Some really interesting matchups. And... Did you expect the US to go out this? No, early? absolutely not. I had them down as favorites to win. Mm. One of the two big favorites for me, US and England. Both of them had a lot of injury concerns, a lot of ACLs in particular, which is a common theme in the women's game at the moment. 
but I definitely didn't expect them to to even actually come second in the group. I didn't even expect that. They just about got through. They got very lucky when, uh, yeah, in the last minute, they they their opponents hit the post and nearly nearly knocked them out. Portugal, this was so. Yeah, no, absolutely disappointing performance from the US women's national team, which now hopefully opens the door for England, although they've struggled against Nigeria as well, getting through just just about getting through to the quarterfinals. So it's it's going to be really interesting. And I'm I'm so disappointed that the Netherlands Spain game is at 3 a.m. because that means I will just have to ruin my my sleep schedule in order to watch it because those two teams looked really strong and I'm expecting that to be a great game. Uh, but we shall see. What do you think of? Um, I watched uh, some of the Spain against Switzerland uh, game, and I mean, do do you think that's all we got, or did we have a bad day? Because I mean, some of the defending it was a bit uh, questionable. No, yeah, I I mean, we, I'll keep an eye out for a podcast coming on coming out soon where we discuss this with. Uh, of two friends of mine who've who have some inside info on this topic i i think it's quite representative of where switzerland stand just if you in case you hadn't heard of it they lost 5-1 to spain in the round of 16 at the world cup this is very similar to the to the men's team in switzerland don't want to draw too many comparisons but the men lost 6-1 to portugal in the same round at this winter's world cup and the similarities are are there in terms of result and the opponents being from the same sort of area of Europe. But I think that's where they draw the line because for the men's team, it felt like this was just a one-off. They had beaten Portugal before in the Nations League. They had performed really well. And, and I think for the women's team, this is a pretty accurate representation of where they stand, doing really well to win the group, drawing against Norway, beating the Philippines, drawing then again against hosts New Zealand, which was a tough game. But then I think when it comes to playing these world 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 class teams, that those were the, those that's the limit, that's the ceiling at the moment for this team, and and that doesn't go for for all of them. I think Switzerland's top three four players they would get into the a, a, the Spanish team, but it's it then becomes you know when you have eleven fifteen players maybe who who play then Switzerland's depth isn't quite there. So there's more work to be done, and I'm sure we'll. we'll that work will get done because Switzerland are hosting the Euros in 25. But yeah, at the end of the day, uh, yeah, no, they are. It's going to be in Switzerland. And that's why you need to get up to scratch because it will be interesting. The whole country will be in, in uh, women's football mode. Okay. Let's turn our attention to the Prem. We, as mentioned before, it sort of, started off with the community shield last sunday between arsenal and manchester city it, it, obviously arsenal fans uh, you you sent the the message cooking into the group chat gloating a little bit i personally didn't watch the game i don't really care about the community shield i can't remember the last time united even played in it and even then it was like yeah that's fine uh, where do you stand? Are you super happy at this? Are you extremely excited? Is it like, yeah, it's okay, whatever? What are your thoughts? Um, I'm not super happy about it. I mean, I am happy about it because we we played against City or the team that 
basically took took everything away last year so it's nice to 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 hit back in a, in a way you know that that's if we would have played i don't know chelsea or something i wouldn't have cared that much probably but um yeah it was it was just nice to to win and i know it's it's a bit of a friendly charity type of game but i think a win is a win and you always take it you always take a trophy but i'm not i'm not uh, gloating all week because of it i mean it's just it's just the community shield is one week before the premier league starts so i think everybody's just just uh, wants to watch some football you know? yeah you watch it because nothing else is on yeah what do you expect then from this Premier League season? We've discussed it a few weeks ago, but at that point it was quite difficult to sort of judge because a lot of the transfer was still in rumour stage and not in confirmed stage. Now it's getting more concrete. The The teams are starting to take shape. Players are being shipped in and out. What do you expect from the Premier League? Are you, do you expect the, the top seven to really kind of this detach themselves more from the rest of the league or do you expect it to be more eye level vibes what do you what do you see happening yes it's a really good question i don't know to be honest it's really difficult to predict i mean from what it looks like many top teams have improved um i don't think we have this every year where where I think every top six and like and maybe top eight, if you count Newcastle and Villa, they improved. I think every team improved. So it's going to be really, the fight is going to be, I don't think we're going to have a, we ever had a bigger fight for top four on our hands, I think. Um, and uh, I'm really looking forward to some, to some good games because if you count Newcastle and Aston Villa into this group, we will have a top game every week. Um, mostly two games every week. But yeah, what do I expect? It's going to be difficult. I mean, Brighton is in the conversation as well. If you want, if you want it like this, I don't think I don't think they will. These eight or nine teams completely will run away with it. There will be stages where Chelsea will struggle, where Aston Villa will struggle, where Newcastle will struggle with Champions League as well. So I, I think there is a hope for maybe a team like, I don't know, Brentford or Fulham maybe to to slip in into top seven. But yeah, it's going to be difficult. I, I do see in them eight teams really, eight, nine teams really strong. You you touched upon it there that the, those, those seven, eight, nine top half of the table teams have, have strengthened really well. Who would you say has made the best transfers out of that group of, of clubs? Mm. I think if we, I think Essen Villa probably. Okay. I think, I think with Telemans and the RB, they got two very, very good players. You know, I think Tielemans already Premier League proven and for those of you who watch the Bundesliga, I think Diaby, especially under Alonso and even seasons before that, he's one of my favorite players to watch in the Bundesliga. You know, he's he's as I would say cooking 
all mm-hmm. defenders like crazy and he's a very exciting player. Um yeah, I think for for their size of club or for, for their stature, I think they made these um in comparison to like Chelsea or Arsenal or Man City, these are like statement signings, you know. We are gonna be we're gonna be here again next year, not just last season wasn't just a one off, you know. We're gonna compete and we wanna wanna achieve things. So yeah, it I think does we, feel we that way. I mean, looking at yeah. their signings, you know, I mean, we discussed Helemans before, and he was looking very off color, especially in the last half of the season at, at Leicester. But just looking at Diaby, Pau Torres, and Telemans, that could be a spine of that team. Yeah. And they're all between 24, 25, 26 in, yeah. in, in terms of age. They have Ollie Watkins up top, a striker who's going to deliver goals, Martinez in goal. That, that's, that we've discussed this many a times that the spine is so crucial. Yeah. And that spine looks really good to me. So yeah. I agree with you on that. Yeah, and they play a Newcastle away first game. So I think it's a good game to watch. Going to be an interesting one. Just a quick word on Arsenal. Are you happy with the spending and the, the transfers there now that we're getting close to the season? <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, as I said, I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Uh, Raya is coming now, probably. Um, yeah, I'm not... Like I'm super excited, don't get me wrong, but I heard some comments yesterday from like Gary Neville and, and a couple of uh, other pundits who say like it's gonna be um a championship fight again with City and I'm I'm not quite sure because with when you take Chaka away and and party maybe is gonna be not playing as much. I think you're going to have to do a little, like a small rebuild again of this new midfield with Rice and Hovards, if it's going to be the case. So I I don't see us getting 50 points again after half of the games, you know. I I do think we, we, we will struggle sometimes. And, you know, I'll take top four this year and then maybe next year when it's all settled in. Go again. I, I don't see us that strong, maybe as as most Arsenal fans. I'm a bit cautious going into this. It's probably wise. Uh, another question I want to ask you in in this bit before we get into the predictions is: Is the Premier League moving away from other leagues after another summer of impressive spending? I mean, they'll they West Ham won the Conference League. We've already got four teams in the Champions League, three teams in the Europa League, and uh, I think one more team in the in the conference league, they're all going to be playing for the title in those leagues. The Premier League have spent 1.75 billion euros until now. We expect that to that we expect them to reach the two billion euro uh, barrier very soon. Syria are second on the list with 650 million, so that's less than half. Uh, Liga 500 million, Bundesliga 450. Then the Saudi league has actually spent more than La Liga. D- is is this the Premier League moving away from all the other leagues just in terms of quality? I mean, in terms of revenue, we've known this has been the case for a few years now, but in, also in terms of quality, it feels like they're just, every other league is now just a feeder league. Yeah. Yeah, I don't see we, yeah, the Premier League is moving away. And I mean, yeah, I had this discussion with my friends, you know, over the last years in Europe, like the English teams, they did, dominate but they didn't dominate 
that much. And it's just for the reason that there's only, for in example, for the Champions League, there's only four teams. And if you would put it, let's say every top league would, would um, play their 10 best teams in the Champions League, then it would be a completely different picture, I'm sure. So that's why in Europe, maybe you ex- don't experience the dominance as hard as you would, I think. But if you look at the top 10 clubs in the Premier League, I mean, it's they're miles, miles above the other leagues. It's the, the qualities. Even if you look at, we had the, we talked about Diaby before. I mean, Diaby, he moved from a potential Champions League club to a club which is going to be way more difficult to compete for Champions League, you know? And that just shows where his priorities lie, you know? And to be honest, I would have done the same probably if I was in his shoes because the Premier League is so, so attractive. I think the whole world is is watching it. And yeah, you can really, if you want to go to a Man City or to Arsenal, I think you have to go through Villa first, you know, because they want to have a Premier League proven, proven winger, if they if if they need to in the future. So yeah, yeah, I think this shows that uh, the Premier League is the is the place to be at the moment. Yeah, interesting developments, and at the same time, I kind of want to ask you: Is this the most Championship Premier League ever? Eight teams have had ten or less seasons in in the Prem in their history. Uh, Luton, Forest, Burnley, Bournemouth, Brentford, teams that if you, you know, have been in a coma for two years, you would put all your money on being in the championship rather than the Prem. Does that change the attract, the level of attractiveness of the Premier League? Or is the, is that just, are they going to be as attractive as, as the Leicesters were, as the, the Norwiches were? Um. Yeah, we will see. I mean, Leicester was a big surprise their quality to go down but yeah i mean some of the i mean Bo- i mean bournemouth especially like uh, luton and burnley it's just for me it's also about like the, the their their grounds and the atmosphere and it's not maybe not really like primarily i mean when you look at leeds i mean that is a proper ground you know you always get a i think the atmosphere you even on tv you it 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 impresses you and i I don't know about about these grounds so yeah it's it's maybe taking away a bit of the attractiveness for these uh, away games but um yeah i mean if they play a a nice football and a good brand of football then i think i think nobody complains yes agree with you there Let's get into the predictions. We've thought long and hard about this, and and the way we want to do it is is predict different sections of the table. I think we'll, we'll obviously start with the champions, and then top four, top five to seven, which I found excruciatingly difficult. And then we'll perhaps discuss who would who could do well out of sort of the midfield teams. Who could be a dark horse to maybe challenge the top seven, and then finally we'll do relegation predictions so let's start with the champions do does any can anyone rival man city i thought maybe before the summer i thought maybe liverpool could be back next year 
the new system. They're looking good. They still have defensive problems, but I thought maybe Klopp could sort this out over the summer. But they could they concede way too many goals at the moment. Even in preseason, I think they conceded four against Bayern as well, which are not having which are having offensive problems. So you can see, yeah. Um, so Opta have Man City as ninety point two percent favorites. Yeah, second being Arsenal with four point one, followed by Liverpool three point five, and Man United one point seven. Yeah, I think uh, Liverpool just needed to get. Maybe like a Caicedo or something like that, you know. It's just not enough. And Liverpool, I mean, Man United spent so much. Arsenal spent so much. Chelsea spent so much. And City, I mean, you're playing catch up to them all the time because they spent so much in the past. And Liverpool just never could never match that sort of spending. And I think now, because Klopp is such a good manager and he could, in a way, balance that with his good managing, now you can see... I think the the effects of that maybe. Um so I will say I, I will say probably if Arsenal can get a good form, I think also only Arsenal can challenge them next season. You think they will or do you do you think City will just win it comfortably? You know what? I'm gonna go for Arsenal. Come on. I mean You're predicting go Arsenal Ars- as champions. You I'm said you said Arsenal a second ago you wanna be more yeah, cautious. I I cannot I cannot say City, I'm oh, sorry. I okay. cannot. A mad thing, bruh. A mad thing. Can you can you just go on record and say I think Arsenal will win the title? I think Arsenal gonna win the league. Unbelievable. Clip me. I don't care. Okay. No, it's fine. We'll we'll, we'll clip you. We'll we'll see what the internet says. I don't think anyone can rival Man City. I mean, that I asked you before, who do you think has made the best transfers out of the top seven? And while I'm really happy with also United's transfers, we discussed about United you know getting business done quickly which at the time we didn't think they would liverpool had already bought sobersly and McAllister, and and it seemed like united were already trailing behind and now i'm actually quite happy at how united have conducted their business hoyland mount onana very good signings signings needed signings logical signings and at the same time then i look at man city signings and i'm like do you know what the the transfers they've made they're brilliant i mean guardiol We've discussed him on the pod as well. I can't believe they were practically unrivaled in trying to get him. Yeah. And Kovacic as well, we've we've discussed. that, that They've just strengthened where they needed to strengthen after Gundogan had yeah. left. And Cancelo seems to be out of the picture permanently. So it's, it's to me, baffling how they let go of Mares, Gundogan, um, and, and potentially other big names to go to, to the desert and just seemingly get stronger so i don't for the life of me think anyone will be able to rival them i also think liverpool as you said that it's not enough that the 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 transition they're entering will be bigger than we perhaps would have thought earlier i mean they've let go of fabinho jordan henderson navi cater james milner roberto firmino uh, oxley chamberlain as well sure but those are huge names names that have been pretty much guaranteed starters in an you know oxide chamberlain perhaps less so but but a lot of furniture as we call it you know p- people who've just been around for so long and and again arsenal i think will struggle with with champions league and premier league and i think the squad will be put to the test so i d- i don't see anyone challenging man city at all what do you think about the united this year what, where's your 
I'd love to think that we can improve. I think the the I, I said before that Ten Hag has done his job, and now it's over to the board to deliver. And I, it feels like these three transfers have been transfers that Ten Hag really wanted. Onana definitely they played. I mean, he played for him at, at Ajax and and Hoyland as well. That the rumors seem to be very persistent. It doesn't seem like a panic signing. You know, I mean, I remember the days when suddenly Arnautovich got linked with United, and everyone was like, "What, what the hell are they doing?" Whereas Hoyland now. He is unproven. I don't think I've seen a single minute of live football by Rasmus Hoyland. But it feels like it's a signing that isn't a panic buy. It feels like a signing yeah. they thought about. It's a profile they wanted to go and get. I, and I just with that, I'm quietly confident that they can build on last season. Yeah. Whether that means challenging for the title yet, yeah, I have my doubts. But, you know, top Before, four should be should be achievable. You think? Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 a bit worried. I mean, I'm everybody on social media is kind of uh, laughing at this kid. You know, he only scored nine goals in Serie. A. Um, he looks good. I think the eye test, he looks good, and he he seems to be a good a good young kid. But I think the pressure on this guy is gonna be it's gonna be pretty big. I'm a bit worried about him. I hope he doesn't. Because uh, if you if you have one two bad games, you know how the the crowd and the public is going to react, especially at Man United. So, yeah, I hope they they will be patient with him and uh, keep sticking with him for United's sake. I mean, I in my head, I hope it all goes uh, all goes to shit. But I mean, if if I'm looking from your point of view, no, I, I agree with you on that. The pressure will be high. I think it's a testament to Ten Hag. And his communication with media, with the players internally as well, he's done really well in managing pressure on his players. I also think the fact that Anthony Martial is still at the club will help Hoyland settle in because Martial should really be the number one. You mean striker. from the you mean from the hospital? You can exactly FaceTime. he can he can uh, he can just FaceTime from his from his uh, surgery room where he's no doubt always at. In all seriousness, though, Martial is the more senior player. He's been established. He ought to be the one, like Hoyland should really be challenging Martial and not the other way around, which I think will hopefully lift a bit of the pressure off of Hoyland. The reality will probably look more like Martial being in hospital, FaceTiming in, uh, and Hoyland having to play and, and score all the goals. But we'll see. I mean, there's also, there's, there's now... A, good enough numbers of stars to carry the burden. It, it's not like United maybe five years ago where, you know, Lukaku came in and suddenly everyone was like, yeah, he's going to now score 40 goals for us because no one else will. And now it looks like, you know, there's Rashford, there's Bruno, there's even Garnacho coming through now. Sancho had a good preseason. It feels like it's not all on his shoulders. So maybe the pressure won't be quite as high as it might have been. Just quickly Just before, before we, take, we move, yeah. move on. Go ahead. You did you know that um, Gary uh, no O'Driscoll I think the the doctor from Arsenal the head doctor which is doing amazing work he's going to Manchester United do you know that no actually I didn't hear this yeah interesting okay, so just just for you to know I'm I'm a, I'm a bit worried about it because uh, we do have a good injury record and now he's uh, now he's gone something United could definitely do with a better injury yeah. record. For sure. So I don't, he's, a, he's a snake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got our ex-assistant coach with Steve Rand there, so it's all good. The 
quickly before we take a break, let's list the rest of the top four. I mean, you've said Arsenal at, at, as champions, which is a joke, but, you know, we'll go with it. I assume Man City second. I'll go yeah. with Man City champions. Who else is making your top four? So, uh, I wrote down something, but I want to change it again. So, I think it will be Man United. And I think it will be... And 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 Liverpool, I I do think they will come fourth. Okay, we we are aligned then in our top four. I think it's going to be Arsenal, Man United, Liverpool, and Man City. Yeah, uh, the top four this season. We do, by the way, can we can confirm now it's top four. It's not yet the season where there'll be five Premier League teams in the Champions League. That's expected to be in twenty twenty four. Yes, so this is the last season probably where there is a top four and not a top five. Okay. We will discuss where Chelsea, Spurs, Newcastle, Brighton, Aston Villa and the rest of the league will be placed in just a second. For now, we are taking a break. We are back. Actually, no, I want to do this more hype. And we're back. Maybe that was too hype. Sorry. Yeah. Blowing out your ear. I think it's a good mix, you know, first. Okay. Maybe maybe I'll try again. Over the top. Yeah. Let me try. <clears throat> and we're back. Back to discuss top five to seven. And this for me was, <laughs> I can see you smiling over there. <laughs> and this was difficult for me. A lot of the teams are complete surprise packages. I mean, predict Chelsea season. The signings, the 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 releases, even more than the signings, the the new manager, the injury to their star signing and Kunku now he's going to miss a few weeks, maybe even months. What? Yeah. I mean, Chelsea, I had no idea. No clue. <laughs> and I mean, I do think Poch is, a, is the right call to go for him. And they looked, they looked good in, in the preseason, but I mean, now Nkunku is injured and I think he's probably their best offensive man, you know. And now again, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a problem for them. And I do think there's going to be some pain for Chelsea this year. I don't think it's going to be like a, a top four standard season or top five. Um, but they don't have Europe, so they can that week was about for to week. Say. And I experienced with Arsenal 21-22, it does help when you just can concentrate weekend, 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 rest players, play same 11 every week. It was a it was a really big advantage. Of course, we bottled it in the end, uh, as, as we do. Um, so should, should I say my five to seven? I mean, I, I, I just want to, another quick word on, on Chelsea before, yeah. before we move to that. Do, do you think they'll? Do you think you will see Poch's uh, signature football quickly early on in the season? It seems in preseason he's trying to build the team around Enzo. Yeah, they've signed a couple of new players. I mean, I, I love doing this. You know, you know, I love a list of of new signings. So they've signed in Kunku, <laughs> Axel Diassi, Di Nicholas yeah. Jackson, Leslie Oguchukwu, 
and Robert Sanchez from from Brighton, as well as young winger Angelo from Santos. Uh, Levy Colwell has returned, who played a brilliant under twenty one. Yeah, yeah. And the rest is like just re- returns from loan. Do you expect them to play the Poch style of football? Yeah, I think with time he he most certainly wants to implement the style. I mean, when he was at Southampton and at Tottenham, I think they were the team who ran the most in the Premier League. So for sure he will implement that and he will get them disciplined, I'm sure. But yeah, you don't you cannot buy experience, you know, and a lot of experienced players have left. I think Kovacic. Do you want me to read think, out the list of departures again? I yeah, you can, but quickly on Kovacic, I think he's a I didn't get it at all. Yeah. Like he is a big, big player for me already. So experienced and I really like his his style. Well, yeah. I mean, let's see. I, I think I think there's going to be a lot of pain this year for Chelsea, and some ups and some downs. Interesting. But uh, the, the same kind of applies to Spurs, really, because they also have yeah. a new manager. The whole Harry Kane saga is still ongoing. Will he? Won't he? He might go to Bayern. He might not go to Bayern. Yeah. They've rejected the last bid. We don't really know where that will go. If he does stay, Ange Postetoglu prom- promises more attacking football. And then looking at their offense, you're suddenly actually, well, they have Madison now. They have two attacking fullbacks. They have Kulusevsky, Richarlison, Son, Kane. Suddenly it looks like the attacking options are there. But then the defensive question marks rest. They've now signed Mickey van der Ven from Wolfsburg, which we discussed on the pod as well. Where what what do we expect from Spurs? They they seem as difficult to predict as Chelsea. I assume a lot a lot hinges on Harry Kane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is uh, I think if Kane goes or stay stays, that is a a massive impact on their season because he's just that good. If he stays though, I I think they can do well. Um. Because their offense is just, I think their offense, you can class them as world class, you know, with Son. If he gets back to his form, I think Kulusevsky is a very underrated player. I think he's very good. Madison, I mean, Madison is a lead player. I mean, to do what he did at Leicester for this amount of time and with, I mean, if Madison is uh, playing through balls to Harry Kane and... uh, feeding him with crosses. I mean, the the sort of 10, number 10 role between the lines, creativeness is exactly what they what they lacked, you know. Then you have the, the questions about this boy from, from Wolfsburg. We don't know who's going who's gonna to fit in, but you have Romero there as well. So I think the setup, it looks okay to me. I mean, I don't think they will challenge for top four, but I'm... I don't. I, I think they will have a better season than last year, definitely. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see. I still think they needed a central midfielder. I don't think they're quite strong enough in yeah. in CM. But you know what? I think um, Bisuma. He was so good at Brighton. Surely, surely there's a way to 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 fit him in in that team. I mean, if if when I thought when I when I saw that Bisuma was going to Spurs, I was really worried, you know. And then all of a sudden, it just it just faded away like that. I think yeah. Bisuma needs to needs to somehow get back in the team because he's such a good player. 
I agree with you there, actually. Yeah, they have they have some potential still yeah. to to unleash, uh, but very difficult to see where they'll end up. I think we all agree they're not going to challenge properly for top four anyway. I'd be very surprised yeah. if Spurs end up in the top. I don't four. know to be honest. I I've, I wouldn't. Maybe they they would surprise us. I don't know. Finally, Newcastle, the last team in the what we now have been frequently calling the top seven. Ended up in fourth place last year. They'll have the Champions League to distract them. Their biggest signing is Sandro Tonali still. They've also signed Harvey Barnes, which is a favourite of both Toto and mine. Uh, recently, they've signed Tino Livramento, another ACL buddy of mine who's come back from his ACL injury recently from relegated Southampton. Thoughts on them? How well can they do? Yeah. Um, I think Newcastle maybe just needed to get get in one or two more signings for me to be convinced by them. But Tonal is a, is exactly the guy he need uh, they need, you know, with um probably long stuff is gonna get out for the team now and then you're looking at the midfield of uh, Bruno G Tonali and uh, Joel Linton and this is a pretty pretty exciting and 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 it's really um the Newcastle style, you know, lots of energy um solidness, good going forward. I think this is going to be, Tonali really represents their Newcastle style in a way. Um, but I think they do, they will struggle maybe, you know, when Champions League comes in and away from home, they weren't that great last year as well. If you go away from home against, I don't know, Luton and they will sit in very deep you know, breaking them down. Because when when you look at the midfield, it's, the creative spark still lacks a little bit. But yeah, well, I mean, we will see. I mean, they will, I think they will be good next season. But yeah, Champions League is going to be a distraction for sure. Yeah, I, I expect Newcastle to struggle for part of the season. They'll still be in and around the top yeah. seven for sure. I have no doubts about that. But I do... Unless by some miracle they manage to stay completely injury free and keep their squad together, in which case they could easily challenge for top three even again. I yeah. I feel like just with this extra extra distraction, the expectations will be bigger as well from the fans. I mean, Seth spoke about this in depth on the last pod, but the, I just feel like you know you get an odd injury to the likes of Botman or, or Bruno G yeah. and, and maybe maybe Isak or even Tonali yeah. Touchwood, you know, and then suddenly the defensive stability will start falling apart maybe and you'll start conceding a few goals. You'll you'll lose three games on the trot and then there will be a moment or two in this season where I really see Newcastle struggling. They might start really strong. They might start with, I don't know, four, 12 points after four games. They have a difficult start, by the way. But still, it's... it's yeah, I just I just feel like they might have to take a step back to to go forward. Yeah, yeah. Their first eleven is really good, but after it's gonna, it's yeah. not good. I mean, you have uh, Harvey Barnes and Anthony Gordon on the wing. Offensively, I think they're good, but yeah, in defense and in midfield, they don't have this replacement who can come in Agreed. and ro- rotate well. But uh, the thing with Newcastle is also like with Isak and Wilson. I think Wilson, when he plays, Isak has to play on the left. And I think that kind of takes away the best of Isaac in a way. Um, but if you play Isaac up top, obviously Wilson's on the bench. So I think they have a bit of a dilemma there. 
But yeah, Wilson, I mean they try Wilson they try different variations. Well. Yeah, he's a good. What player. do you think, Wilson or Isak up top? It's difficult, man. I I think I think they both offer. I I would probably try and fit them both in. I yeah. I think Isak. I mean, we saw this wonder goal he scored. Oh, will I remember against who? There's Newcastle fans Everton. screaming at me. Yeah, it might have been Everton. But there was an just... assist, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Where he that was from the left. Yeah, I mean that was he... Thierry Henry style. Yes, sure. Yes. Um, no, but but I think they they can work. I think they they have enough of the ball and enough of the they'll they'll be able to dominate possession enough for for them to both play and he's act to play with a certain amount of freedom from the left. Yeah. And then against the smaller teams, I think you can literally just play two up top. Yeah. It's very out of fashion at the moment. Almost Stick no it in the top box. side, but exactly like that. Yeah, you can just put yeah. it in there, and the two will the two yeah, will yeah. cook. That's true. Okay, let's list top five to seven. I assume it's the three teams that we just spoke about, or do you have any surprise packages in there? I have a surprise package in there. Ooh, Aston Villa's uh, coming up, isn't it? Yeah. Go for it. Go for it. So I think... I think um, Newcastle top five. I think Aston Villa, Chelsea... Tottenham, Tottenham eighth after saying that the setup looks. Yeah, because good. we just don't know, man. We of don't course know. we don't know. Of course we don't know. I think what speaks so difficult, you know, in this they could, instance, they could, yeah, they could be like two points within each other. That's of course, how I see which it. I expect them to be actually at the end of the day. I think what yeah, we speak for Spurs well. over Villa in this instance is that Spurs don't have European football to distract them. It's weirdly just going to be a distraction, and Aston Villa might also struggle with with injuries. Yes, their spine is really good. Who do they have outside of their first? 11 maybe 15 just really like the system you know yeah it's been promising i just think spurs will a a, a tottenham hotspur team focused fully on the league like arsenal were last season yeah things would have to go very very wrong for them not to at least make the top seven sure no i will stick by fair enough my top my five i think i actually got chelsea at fifth i think chelsea will We'll, we'll finish fifth but again I mean next to impossible to predict I actually think Spurs will finish sixth and Newcastle will drop down to seventh this I mean you know you have to go for something in the end and there's arguments for for either constellation I think Newcastle um, are, they just look the weakest in this trio for me just because they have that big unknown champions league you know that it will be a lot of emotional emotional weight to carry those champions league nights even the home games you know it will be electric it will be amazing but the the backlash of then having to play luton at home on a on a saturday after playing barcelona on a wednesday yeah I think that's going to be very difficult to, <clears throat> to combine. And, and Eddie Howe as well yeah. is, you know, as brilliant a manager as he is, and I'm, I'm sure he'll do a great job and they'll get some good, big results in Europe. It's it's the first time he's in the Champions League as well. And I, you said earlier, you can't buy, you can't buy experience and I, that will just tell for Newcastle. Okay. Let's see. Let's see how it develops. Then a quick word on Dark Horses. Do you see Brighton, maybe Crystal Palace in and around 8th, ninth, or who else? Yeah, yeah, I think Brighton can 
easily go in this top five, seven if they if they continue to play like that. Um, yeah, they they do have a lot of players. You know, they can rotate well. Yeah, um, I agree. And it's so, kind of a system-based setup. I almost feel yeah. like with Brighton, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter who plays. Yeah. They always play very good. Yeah. I just hope... Uh, I really like the Nciso guy. I yeah. hope he, he gets a lot of minutes. I'm sure yeah, he'll I get a Bright- mention I, in our FPL podcast. Yeah, well. I don't think Brighton will be far away from the top five, six, seven. Cool beans. Finally, I don't really see Brentford without Tony. There, no, I agree with you. I think Brentford will will do well to just finish in the top half again. Um, yeah. I actually think they'll do well just to steer clear of the relegation battle. Yeah. Even though they did sign, they have signed smartly, I believe, um, or that their signings have, have kind of made sense to me when I was looking at them earlier today. Just the, you know, Kevin Shade on a permanent now, Nathan Collins, young defender from, from Wolves, Mark Fleck and the goalkeeper replacing Raya. It just it feels very natural. And they haven't really let go of anyone too namely. Obviously the, the loss of Ivan Tony will be will be devastating in the long run. But uh, I have some faith. I don't think Brent Brentford will be in too much trouble, actually. I have faith in them now. Let's talk relegation though. Three teams are going to go down. Who who's on your list? Um, without without watching, it's so difficult because I think I could give you a better, a way better answer after you know three games or five games. But just out of my stomach, I would say um, Luton, Bournemouth. Sorry, uh, Ben. <laughs> Luton, Bournemouth. And probably Sheffield. I'm close to that. I've got Luton and Sheffield based. I mean, Sheffield might surprise us. Sheffield have a lot of the players left that played in the Prem with them last time they were there. So that might just, that experience might keep them up in the long run. They haven't really made any major or even minor signings. Austin Trusty from Arsenal, the centre-back who barely played is probably the biggest signing they've made. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they've lost an NDI to, to Marseille, which which is a huge loss, if you ask me. Luton, similar. They they signed a lot of players, Luton have, but no one really who I'm like, that's the guy who will keep them up. They only just made the playoffs. They only just got through the playoffs as well. I think, I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only one in thinking this, but anything other than them getting relegated again, would be a huge surprise. I also think Wolves will be in trouble. They've just departed. They've just departed company yeah. with their coach Lopetegui. Uh, last night, I think it was announced. Yeah, he fell out with the ownership yeah. because he wasn't backed. I mean, which is completely understandable when you again look at their yeah. transfers. I mean, the the big one um, making Mateus Cunha a permanent one, and then Bukbakar Traore from FC Metz. And the rest is like freeze. They signed Matt Doherty back on a free, which potentially is a good transfer. But the rest is like yeah, it's going to be a long, it's yeah. going to be a long season for Wolves. I think exactly. And they they obviously lost Ruben Neves and Nathan yeah. Collins, and the rest is. I mean, Raúl Jiménez is a guy who could have scored for them, and now he's gone to Wolves yeah. uh, to Fulham. I just I just fear for them, man. It just feels like 
they will they're, they're going to be a hard watch as well i believe yeah I think, it will be yeah. tough to watch and it just feels like it i mean even last season you saw the first signs of of them yeah. you know being in trouble Lopetegui came in kind of saved them and now i just don't see a way back for them and i just i don't see it yeah so yeah those are my three uh again we're we're almost in agreement there i've got wolves where where you had uh bournemouth we'll see that's the conclusion i think of our premier league prediction for now we'll yeah. have to get toto's names for these for these uh predictions so we can then get back to it in may and, and roast each other i want to quickly talk about other leagues just a quick roundup we won't go on for too long too much longer at this point um Bayern haven't I mean one of our favorite topics to discuss is FC Bayern Munich they haven't really done too much damage in the market do will they still comfortably win just because Dortmund have let go of of Bellingham or what do you expect from Germany yeah they will win the Bundesliga I think there's no question about it um yeah they have I mean they have strengthened I mean Guerrero and uh Kim and Limer. Yep. But I think the squad is the squad is good. It's just about um bringing them up to speed and getting them into a winning and you know getting a habit of playing well. You know, and if you look at the first 11 and even on the bench, it's still a very good squad, very quality players, but they just need that one striker. They need it. They need it so bad, and they need the number nine who can, who can hold the ball up, who can link up, who can score a header. I mean, how many crosses were going in last year with like Serge Gnabry in the box, and you're just thinking, why are you even crossing it? it it's there's no point. If you have a, a striker like Kane, the whole setup and profile is going to be so much, so much better and so much more efficient. Even with Kane dropping deep and Leroy Sané and Coman doing the runs in behind, uh, it would be it would be deadly, you know. So yeah, I think Bayern could go like snap, and they're gonna be firing on all cylinders again. It's just they haven't found that yet. Yeah, I agree and, with you. Uh, I think the stri- if they yeah. get a proper striker, suddenly they're in the Champions League picture again. It's yeah, awesome. definitely, definitely. The quick word on on Leipzig. They signed Lois Openda from uh, Lens from France. They Christoph Baumgartner in in midfield from Hoffenheim. Two guys from Salzburg, Seschko and and Seiwald. They've it feels like they've strengthened quite well. They've yeah. signed Xavi Simons on loan as well. Smart transfers, I would say. No, even yeah, they let go of Guardiol and and Kunku yeah. and Soboslai. Yeah, I mean like. I have to say Leipzig are doing probably the a couple of years now, probably the best business in Germany. I mean I I, I really hate that club to my heart, but um Can they challenge for the big stuff though in Germany? No, probably not, because they always have to have to give away their best players, but then they do the smart business again and they sell them and they get the profit and they do smart I mean Openda I think I didn't expect him to go to Leipzig. I thought he was maybe ready for that next step. I mean, you probably you and Toto watch him more than me, but what what I had the feeling that he could go on another level. But Leipzig always pick up the these sort of guys who can go to the next level. They say like, okay, come to maybe to us first, and then you can go into a higher league, even with Sobaslai and 
Nkunku, these are like players who maybe already were ready, but now they were there, they're like they were really ready. Like you look at Sobos like Guardiola, Nkunku, yeah. they're like world class players now. So finished products. Yeah, finished products. And I think with these good examples, they can um they can attract them the players like Openda and Simons and say, look, look at what happened to them. You're gonna play Champions League and you get minutes um in a good league. Um and then you can go to the next step. So I think I mean Leipzig is doing all they can and I think they're they're doing really well. Yep. Just finally last couple of words. Uh can anyone beat PSG? Can Napoli win it twice in a row? I mean, uh, Oshiman and Kvaratskhelia are still there. Potentially so... injured though, Oshiman, as of last night. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Is is it is it long? Long Might, term? They haven't. They've yet to make a scan. I think it's the ankle, an ankle injury. It's not knee, but it's it could be it could be a few weeks. Yeah, I think they can do it again, Napoli, because uh, just because the other teams, none of the other teams look like they're going to be very dominant next year. What do you think about PSG? Uh, I, I I don't know to be honest. In the, in the I, league, I, is, is is there anyone? No, I, the easy answer is no. I think those those who who built really well last season, Lance and and maybe even Marseille as well. They've they've both just they'll be distracted by European football, especially yeah. in the case of Lance, uh, which will be cool for them. You know, a great great achievement. But then they let go of their best player for Fana uh, to to Saudi Arabia, and I I don't more more by the default of no one being there to challenge them properly yeah. they'll just win it and they just sound Gonzalo uh what's his name Ramos from Benfica oh, yeah. huge name huge striker which I actually thought he, he could have gone to the likes of Bayern or maybe even Man United as well uh, okay. just kind of signed him easily and yeah they'll be they'll be around even if Mbappe somehow sensationally leaves yeah yeah what who do you think is going to be second then in Liga very hard to predict at the moment. I I do see Monaco being stronger than last season with the new coach now. I I hope Who's the, Marx, new coach? Uh, the Adi Hutter. Oh yeah. Uh, they are looking to make some good transfers. I I think Nap uh, Marseille have done pretty well in on the transfer in the transfer market as well. They will be in and around there. Lyon, you're always going to have to have on your on your list. I don't think Lens can can be up can be as good as they were last season. Uh, the whole league will be different with eighteen instead of twenty teams. I think the the all the teams will move closer together through that. Um, but for me, out of the top sort of five six, I think even when even with letting go of of Dimitri Payet and and Alexis Sanchez, I, I think Marseille will will be will be the the, the strongest out of the bunch. Uh, mm. just judging by by who they signed. Uh. Okay, finally, I will leave before we go. Just quickly, a reminder that the the Premier League does start on Friday with Burnley versus Man City, the opener. Your team, Arsenal, kick off against Nottingham Forest on Saturday lunchtime, and then Sunday afternoon, the big one, Chelsea versus Liverpool at Stamford Bridge. Before United play eight p.m. on Monday.
that's what we have to look forward to. Thank you very much for listening. We are back now. We'll also be back on the socials now. Follow us on TikTok, on Instagram, wherever else you might want to follow us. Let us know and we'll see if we can create an account there. My friend Armand, thank you very much. We'll see each other very soon again for the FPL podcast, which I'm excited to say you are going to host. And mm-hmm. uh, that's it for today. Ciao for now.